Camp, Camp, Camp Radio. Radio. Camp Radio. Camp. Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio today. My name is Kevin Peerage, and I'll be your host. With about 20% of the population of U.S. being Latino, the Southern Baptist Convention expects to double the numbers of Hispanic Baptist churches in the U.S. in the next 10 years. We have with us today Julio Areola. He is the Executive Director of Hispanic Relations and Mobilization for the Southern Baptist Convention. Julio, thank you for joining us today. Kevin, thank you for inviting me, man. Hey, uh, let's begin with, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, i um, been married for almost 21 years with the love of my life. Uh, she's Carla, and um, her grandparents were missionaries from the U.S. into Mexico, and I met her in Mexico, in Guadalajara. I was born in, in Guadalajara, close to Guadalajara, and uh, Carla is uh, from Mexico. She's a second <laughs> generation of of Americans that were born in the mission field, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got married uh, about 21 years ago, and we have three kids. Uh, Daniel is 17, David is 15, and Elizabeth is 13. Wow, awesome. Now, you were uh, a pastor there uh, in Mexico, right? Yep. Well, actually, the last three years before we, we moved back to the U.S., uh, we... Uh, we planted a church in Guadalajara, Mexico in 2017. We, we started the church and uh, in about two years, it became the largest Baptist church in, in that city. Guadalajara is the second largest city of Mexico with about 8 to 10 million people. Wow. Uh, so that was a miracle. Yeah. Well, now, uh, I would love, to, I think everybody would love, love to hear your story. Share how you came to know Christ. Well, I was in, in, in Guadalajara in the middle of college. Uh, I went to college to become a, a computer engineer. Mm. And, uh, and then one day I was invited to go to, to a student ministry uh, gathering. So I went to that student gathering and uh, there was a, a volunteer from the church that was sharing Christ. I always try to emphasize the the importance of empowering uh, lay people. Mm-hmm. And he was he was one of those lay important people of the church. Yeah. Uh, it was not a staff member. It was somebody that was invited to share Christ mm-hmm. and share the Word of God to the students. And, yeah. and that evening, uh, he shared the the plan of salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was I was in college and and I didn't realize that I was lost. But that night. Uh, after hearing that my sin was taking me to hell, basically, yeah. and and Jesus was offering me salvation through his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection, the blood of Jesus washing me from all my sins. So that evening I went home and I repented from my sins. Mm-hmm. I asked Jesus to to uh, forgive all my sins and come to my to my life. And from that day forward, my, my life changed. Now, were your parents, were they Christians at the time? No, no, not at all. Actually, I was the first in, in my, um, in my immediate family to, to come to Christ. Uh, later, you know, my mom, my, my, my siblings came, came to Christ. Uh, but, um, but at that time, I had a I had a I had a couple of aunts and and then some cousins that came to Christ before me and they were the ones inviting me to to come to to church. Oh yeah. 
Well, that's neat. Uh, and, and then you met your wife at. Uh, it, it was actually. Um, yeah, it was uh, in that in that church where I came to Christ. They, uh, she, Carla and her family, uh, began attending to the church, but we actually didn't connect until we went to a camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those beautiful encounters in camp, man. We need to make sure that those folks realize the importance. <laughs> I know, I know. I, well, I met my wife at camp, there so you go. it's important. Yeah, yeah. So, so actually, it was in 1997 when, when uh, we... We connected in camp, and um, I gave my testimony uh, at that camp, and, and she fell in love immediately. <laughs> no, not at all. Actually, it was it was right after after camp that uh, that we we began talking and chatting in, in a group environment, and it, it was a few months later that I proposed oh, to to yeah. to her. Yeah, you know, it's important. Camp is important, That's guys. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, from there. Uh, from the church in, in Mexico that you you ended up in Texas. Yeah, well, it, there, there was a uh, a time a transition time that we uh, after after my my uh, my college studies we went to a Bible Institute in Argentina. We went to Word of Life Bible mm-hmm. Institute in Argentina, and uh, and we stayed there almost three years. Mm-hmm. And then we came to Texas, and then in Texas we. We served uh, in different in different capacities. Uh, I served as a as an evangelistic director for a nonprofit. It was kind of like a benevolence organization in, mm-hmm. in the in the Houston area. Uh, I served as a as a youth pastor. Uh, took also uh, talking about the importance of camp. We we took several students to to camp uh, during during that season in in uh, in the Houston area I was a I was a, a youth pastor of a small church it was I mean we were probably 70 to 80 people and yeah. and I had about 20 students wow. um, those students several of those students were called to ministry oh. uh, and and uh, the time in in camp also changed their lives. Well, now today you work at, you actually start in January, is that right? That's right. For the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, and I, tell a little bit about your job. Well, um, I, I'm going to tell you a little bit of uh, more of my background. After that, after the time as a youth pastor, I, I served as a worship pastor. I served mm-hmm. as a worship pastor in, in a large church in, in Houston, in Sugarland, Texas, actually. Mm-hmm. And then from there... I, I began serving as a as a worship pastor in a church in Arkansas, where yeah. where uh, Dr. Ronnie Floyd, who is now the CEO and president of the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention, yeah. uh, he was a the the lead pastor hmm. or the senior pastor at at Cross Church, yeah. and uh, and that's how uh, began you know beginning with that relationship with my pastor and and serving under his leadership. Then that later on uh, we we were called to to go and serve as missionaries and church planters in Mexico. Okay. So uh, all that during all that time uh, got prepared in the seminary, um, got a degree from Liberty University mm-hmm. and in Southwestern. Yeah. And uh, and then the Lord uh, began to to put in in Dr. Floyd's heart the that new calling to to come and serve the executive committee. Right. And, uh, and part of that later on was to, to reach everyone with the gospel of Jesus and the importance of the Hispanic population. Mm. And you know, Kevin, that in, in the U.S., 
we we have over 60 million Latinos, Hispanics. Uh, so about 20, you know, 18 to 20 percent right. uh, of, of all the population are Hispanics. And in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. the the growth that that we had in America, 50 percent of the of the increase in population, 50 percent were Hispanics. Wow. So beginning in January, I, I I'm serving as a as the new executive director for Hispanic relations, mm-hmm. knowing that uh, we have to do something. We have 50, almost 50,000 churches, churches in America uh, in the SBC, and, and we have 3,500 churches, Hispanic churches, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. I mean, it's, churches in, in, in just, uh, just to give you an idea, in Mexico, we, we have about 2,000 churches, Hispa- mm-hmm. uh, Hispanic churches, of yeah. course, <laughs> you know, SBC, <laughs> SBC churches or Baptist churches. Right. Um, well, in America, we have 3,500 churches, yeah. but we need to do more. Sure. And, um, and part of my job is, is create awareness of the need that we have mm-hmm. and in partnership, partnership with NAM and, and the local church and the state conventions mm-hmm. uh, to do something about it, to right. mobilize people, to, to let them know that there is a pipeline that we need to, to, to go through, to, to call those that are called to ministry mm-hmm. And, and to put them in that pipeline of preparation and, and the affirmation and confirmation from the church, the local church and the Holy Spirit and the word of God so they can go to the mission field and plant churches and let them know that we have, we have resources. Sure. Uh, we, have, we have ways for them to get prepared mm-hmm. and go. Right. Well, in the, the Tennessee Baptist Convention or Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, we have uh, William Burton, which is our uh, ethnic uh, uh, specialist. And, and I know that uh, we have here at Carson, we have uh, All Nations Camp, and we'll have almost 500 kids uh, that will be coming across the state to do mm-hmm. camp. And it, it's a huge mission field. And, and the opportunities that we have to be able to uh, reach the Hispanic uh, population is is endless, and, and uh, the neat thing about it is they seem to be so receptive. Which, mm. to me, that's a breath of fresh air when we have so many others who are not. Mm. Uh, and, and so it's it's it, to me that's such an exciting ministry. It is. It is. Uh, when you share the gospel with with Hispanics, uh, they're open. Mm. Uh, it used to be that there was a lot of rejection. Uh, in the mm-hmm. past, I mean, it, even even Carla's grandparents were grandparents were when when they were serving in the mission field in nineteen fifties. Yeah. If if you were a missionary in Mexico, you were not well received in many many towns hmm. because they considered uh, you someone that were bringing a false uh, gospel. Hmm. And uh, and then later on, you know, because of all the hard work of people like them in the same thing here in America, I mean, mm-hmm. Hispanics, um, you know, 40, 50 years ago, they 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 had to work much harder to mm-hmm. to be able to see the results that we're seeing right now. Right now, we're in the harvest part. Right. Um, we are seeing a lot of people come to Christ. Right. And and um, and we need to make sure that we put an emphasis in those churches around you. And, and to understand this, reaching Hispanics is not only Spanish ministry mm-hmm. that, that churches have to, to do in their local church. That's part of it. Sure. I mean, you, you have to do something to reach those first generation of Hispanics. Mm-hmm. But, hey, my kids were born in Texas. Yeah. And uh, if... If if you if you have if you give them the option mm-hmm. 
between if you have three options, three options, and you tell them, uh, guys, you know, if if you had a Hispanic only mm-hmm. in Spanish uh, service, and you had uh, uh, an Anglo, you know, English spoken with Anglo led uh, uh, everything, worship and everything, and you had a Hispanic uh, church mm-hmm. in English, yeah, where would you go? And at, before I used to ask him only the first two questions. You had an Anglo, you have a, a Spanish, you know, English and Spanish. What, what would you choose? They would say English, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if, if you give them the third option, you tell them, hey, you know, you have a third option. You have, you know, a Latino flavor right. service or church, but in English. Where yeah. would you go? They would go there. Yeah. Hmm. Be- because they love their culture, but they need they need to realize that it needs to be in English. Sure. And and that's the that's the second and third generation mm. that we need to emphasize the importance of reaching Latino Latinos in English. Right. And and of course we don't have to leave uh, alone those left behind the, the 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 ones that that are our first generation. I'm the first generation. Right. Okay. I had to learn English when we when I came to the states, but then th- there is there is much more needed. In, in the second and third generation, because those Hispanics in second and third generation, they don't feel 100% accepted mm-hmm. in, in, in perhaps in some churches that, that they don't look like, like them, but they don't feel completely uh, accepted in those churches where they speak only Spanish because they, 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 they even speak Spanish with accent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my kids, they may, they may not feel very welcome in some Hispanic churches because they, they have accent. Right. So, um, so if you give them, you know, something in the middle, right, man, that's what we need to do right now and emphasize there is, there is so much to do right now, Kevin. Sure. Well, now, you know, I want to ask you what your passion is, but I can tell by the intensity of you sharing this that this is your passion. Yeah, I mean, I'm an evangelist, okay? Right. I, I love to share the gospel, and and I'm called to reach everyone. Mm-hmm. It happens that, that my position is, is with Hispanics, and right. I'm paying a little bit more attention to that. But right now, the my, my passion is to make sure that that we do something about a big section of our population right now in America and, mm-hmm. and the whole world, but right now here in America, uh, uh, there is there is a mission field here. Yeah, and just like we did uh, a few years ago, that we we came to Christ. I came to Christ. Then I, I went to to a seminary. I went to to a Bible uh, institute. Got prepared, and and then I went to the mission field. Right. And and we were able to see thousands of people to come to Christ, hundreds of people being baptized and all of that. There is something that we need to do. And my passion is not only to evangelize, but to also prepare and empower those new leaders. Mm-hmm. When we do that, and then you realize that ministry can continue without you because you prepare somebody else to do the ministry. I think that's that's success. Well, tell me what's your challenges that you you encounter in trying to minister to people and, and lost, uh, I guess, within the Hispanic uh, culture. And I know th- this is kind of a hard question to ask because you've only been in your position since January, and majority of that time we've been in quarantine. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I think the greatest challenge, um, and I'm going to talk within the, the Southern Baptist Convention mm-hmm. context, okay? Yeah. Um, Latinos, we are family oriented. Yeah, we love family. Mm. 
and I think the most difficult thing for Hispanics is to realize that in the Southern Baptist Convention, mm -hmm. they are part of the family too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's not that we are welcoming them as guests. No, no, no. They, right. they are part of the family. Right. And and when they realize that together we're better, then I, I think that that is the most difficult part to to make the switch. That they they're not just part of, of our mission field, right? But they are the the next generation of leaders to reach the world for Christ. Right. When you start that flame in their hearts, man, there is a there is a huge, huge, powerful ministry ahead of us mm. as as a Southern Baptist Convention, but also as you know as people of God in the world. Yeah. Well, now tell me. What's something if 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 you had a church who that's maybe as pastors listening right now, and, and they're they are very interested in starting uh, maybe a Hispanic church plant and and but they don't know what to do. What what's what's the first step that they need to do to be able to start yeah. that? Well, uh, the first thing you need to talk to whoever is. Uh, in the state convention, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like in, in Tennessee, you need to talk to William Burton. Right. Okay? You need to talk to, to, to that specialist that, that will lead you to what the next steps are for, uh, for the, the church planting movement that we need in, in our state. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, uh, he is gonna, he's going to lead you to the, the pipeline, mm -hmm. the process to, to, to partner with the SBC to go and plant churches. And right. you know that we have resources, not only, not only financial resources. I, I was talking to, uh, to my, my good friend, Ramon Osorio, and Ramon is, is basically the guy it's kind of like the William Burden mm -hmm. in Nam. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he is the guy that, that would oversee all the ethnics, mm -hmm. uh, ethnicities in, 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 in America and, and how, how to do the church planting part. And uh, he was telling me, Julio, we have, we have more resources than people mm -hmm. willing to go to, to plant churches. Wow. So if you, I, I would say the, the first thing as a, as a pastor Challenge your people yeah. to go mm -hmm. to the mission field. Mm -hmm. And remember, you are part of a huge family of about 50,000 churches that because of the, the cooperative program, we are putting a big chunk of money to go and plant churches. Right. And if, if you, pastor, want to, to partner with, with the convention to plant churches, you can, you can get together, call the cold. Okay, those that are wanting to go to the mission field, and then they can be sent to the mission field, and they can receive resources with you and Nam for about three years to go and plant a church. Yeah. So I would say it's a win-win. Sure. I mean, we as 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 pastors would harvest uh, much more than if we would do it just by ourselves. Right. Well, now, what kind of challenges have you encountered trying to communicate with your churches? I know that I have a different position. So you, you're, uh, I, I'm not uh, going cross state looking for Hispanic plants that you may or may not know where they're at. How do you communicate with those? Well, the the communication has to go through the Baptist associations and mm -hmm. the the state level or state uh, conventions, and and then we go with the specialists and we go. But because of all the the technology 
that we have actually has been much easier to mm-hmm. connect with with more people and and because of covid-19 many more churches than before are uh exploring the the way communication via via facebook live and sure. youtube and all that so uh every time that we that we are trying to connect with pastors now we can do a zoom meeting and and we can be connecting with with people in 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 all over the world in america and right. and, and 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 overseas so the but i think that the most challenging part is uh again like i mentioned before is for them to realize we're we're a, we're a big family Mm-hmm. And and that we need to partner with all the different ethnicities, and also for for churches to realize that if you are going going to start a Hispanic ministry, mm-hmm. that is you you need to consider that as uh, if if it's going to be under the umbrella of your church, mm-hmm. you need to consider that as a worship service mm-hmm. that it happens to be in Spanish or. Dedicated for Hispanics, right? Not as uh, not not as part of missions, mm-hmm. right? Because when you when you reach when you reach everyone else, you don't say we have you know we have the mission of reaching white people or Anglo's you know right. <laughs> or right. African American. No no no. You say yeah we have an English service you know we we have a service at you know eight forty five and and ten thirty or whatever. Well, you need to start the service and right. and and say well we have a service a, a worship service at uh, 11:45 or 10 right. in Spanish, uh, and and uh, make sure that those churches realize that they Hispanics are not anymore just a mission field, but they are the future leaders, pastors, missionaries that will go and reach the world right. by 2050. Just listen to this, guys. <laughs> by by 2050, there will there will be more Hispanics than any other ethnicity. Wow. So we're talking about uh, somebody Somebody asked me uh, a few months ago, Julio, so w- what do we have to do for the growth? You know, oh, you know what? If Julio would not do anything, Hispanic mm-hmm. would continue growing. And, and it has been uh, a growth that surpasses the, the averages. Mm. And, and we have to do something about it. But right. if we don't do something right now, like churches need to um, to show that they 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 really they are really interested in reaching uh, those Hispanics or African Americans by putting people in leadership too. Right. Give give them the chance to lead. Mm-hmm. And you would say, well, Julio, where where can we go? You know, I can tell you there are many seminaries in America. We have our six seminaries, but we have several seminaries that they have Spanish mm-hmm. tracks, and and they are there are uh, many 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 students that are graduating from southwestern from mm. southern from southeastern from midwestern in spanish mm. you reach those seminaries i'm telling you yeah. people are graduating ready to help churches to start hispanic ministries wow so the resources are available yeah you just got to tap into it come on man yeah let's make it happen <laughs> <laughs> well and i know there's churches that uh, that are listening, pastors are listening. They're they are thinking this may be a, a opportunity, and we need to pursue that a little bit more. Here, let me turn this to more of a personal question. You know, as a, a as a minister, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have such a really a big responsibility. We're over so in charge of so much stuff. We take on the weight of, our, of the world on our shoulders mm-hmm. a lot of times, but we got to take care of ourselves. 
So how do you do that? How, how you know, there's a lot of hurting pastors across the, the country mm-hmm. and uh, they um, don't have the encouragement and nourishment that they really need. Uh, how do you do that? How do you take care of yourself? Well, there are several things that I have to do. One of the things is, of course, nothing replaces the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And, and every every morning, that's my first thing, that mm-hmm. I, I do my quiet time. And usually my wife is right beside me, yeah. and uh, we do our quiet time together. Then the the second thing that, that you need to do, pastor, to have accountability. And uh, if you don't have accountability, someone to to be accountable to mm. is so difficult to to succeed because there are some things that that perhaps your your wife doesn't need to to hear, mm-hmm. but you need someone that that will have authority over you in mm. in 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 a, in a whole different level right. that would understand your struggles that that perhaps is is older than you, perhaps is is more mature than you that you that you would respect. I have uh, several people that I'm accountable to. Mm. I, I do. I do have also in in my electronic devices. I have a uh, software that monitors my my surfing, mm. my browsing. Yeah. So I have in in that that is linked to my accountability partner. Mm. Uh, also, resting. You know, you need to rest. Yeah. You need to you need to have a time with your your wife and 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 uh, we do have one day of the week. That, that we go and and we just you know have a date date night right and uh, we didn't do anything but just having a special time right and then of course you know once in a while take a vacation time yeah I mean for pastors that that's kind of like a very difficult and especially now with 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 the internet and and doing everything digital mm-hmm. it's like you can't unplug uh, and then you think about finance finances well you know. Thank God for for Carson Springs. Yeah, I mean, we were able to come and, and spend a good time here, and we didn't have to to you know empty our our bank account to right. to, to, <laughs> to come to a camp. And I, we're grateful for you guys. Yeah. And and I think uh, pastors need to to unplug and go on vacation. You don't have to you don't have to spend a lot of money. You can just go to to a camp or or to a place like like this where you can just be with your family, be with your your kids, go to the go to the river. Um, so those are some of the few, some of the few things that I, that I do, um, in order for, for me to, to keep the flame on. I, I know that if I miss in, in some of those areas, mm-hmm. uh, I begin struggling. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and you're right. Uh, Carson Springs, Linda Valley, uh, we have special, a special rate for pastors just to get away and spend some time. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a cheap rate so they can come and have a little sabbatical, spend mm-hmm. some time, maybe just them and the Lord to kind of uh, recharge or bring their family. And so it, that we feel like it's important. It is. And, and I know you you uh, have been able to experience that as well. I, I really do appreciate you coming, and, and especially uh, just sharing your passion for ministry and your story, which is an incredible story, uh, but uh, taking the time and, and just uh, spend a few minutes with Thank me. Thank you, Kevin. Also, I'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast today. Uh, if you are listening to us on iTunes or Google Play, please leave a comment or subscribe. Uh, we would love to hear from you, too. So if you have any questions for Julio or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps. 
the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.